0: Ladies, oh, is this next episode for you? And it is, it really is, just specifically for the ladies. Gentlemen, if you tune in, by all means, it's so for you too, because you will learn so much. Actually, it really is for gentlemen, from our conversation and where we went with it. Eleanor Hadley is her name and her title is a sensuality coach and sex educator. Now, she is amazing. She's someone that came onto my radar. I said, I, I, you know, I put it out there. I said, I really want to start to have more of these conversations, taboo, spicy, you know, we all think it, we never say it. And they are, you know, that's why we named the podcast, Anything Goes. So that is all of what this conversation is about. And that obviously comes with a warning. We talk about sex, we talk about pleasure, self-pleasure. Uh, all of the things. So probably not one to listen to around your children, um, but absolutely one to listen to so who is she? Who is Eleanor? Where has she come from? As I said, she's a sensuality coach and a sex educator and a sensual movement practitioner. We go into that on the podcast a little bit and I love it. She does. Her big sort of passion is one-on-one coaching, but she does do group programs, retreats, workshops and speaking. But what I loved about her, and this is her big thing, she's on a mission to help us women embody our femininity, enhance our sex lives and elevate our relationships, which if we do not do these things, what even is the point of life, right? So her big thing is just about believing that sensuality is the missing key to cultivating deeper connection, primarily with ourselves first and foremost, then our bodies and our pleasure, then with our loved ones. And she's just amazing. I absolutely loved our conversation. I I go into this on the episode, but I love how uh center sort of center on the spectrum of woo she's very much in the center and she respected that I saw that in her and she said that's what she's really passionate about she wants to close that gap and I said you know I think often we don't have these conversations because we just think it's so woo and so out there off the other end of the spectrum so it's an amazing conversation definitely one with earphones in or not around your kids and enjoy I cannot wait to hear what you ladies think. You're listening to the Anything Goes Podcast. My name is Morgan Richards. And my name is Anna Richards. We are the husband and wife duo in business together who plan on bringing you conversations and inspirations each and every episode. Our mission is not just to motivate and inspire you, it's to push boundaries and challenge the status quo. We aim to bring you humor, depth, differing of opinions and more. But one thing we can promise you is this is the podcast where anything goes. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Anything Goes. I am writing solo today. Eleanor knows this, but I am writing solo, and I find it so poetic, Eleanor. I didn't say this off the mic that Morgsy has been down and out with a headache for four days. And obviously, you are we're going to have the most phenomenal, interesting conversation all around sex and pleasure and all of the things today. But I was like, honey, you're literally giving the excuse that so many women give <laughs> to get out of these things and here you are doing it. But anyway, so you've, you've got me. I just said to Eleanor, though, I think we're going to have to get her back because if you listen to this podcast, you will know the, the input that Morgan would have had on this conversation would have been hilarious. So, But Eleanor, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to chat all the juicy goodness today.
0: All the good things. Now, I didn't tell you this offline either. I said, I never have anything prepared, but then we like to throw the hook and we always ask five questions, super fast. It's like rapid fire, just so our guests can get to know you outside of your expertise of just fun and goodness. So name one guest you would have at your dinner party.
1: One guest that I would have at my dinner party would be, I want to say Audrey Hepburn. And I don't know why. I feel like that's like what I've had since I was a kid when I've heard this question, but she why just not? seems like she was a wonderful human being. I love um, that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Favorite cuisine?
1: Definitely Mexican.
0: Oh, so mm, delish. Yes. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: Oh my gosh, what advice have I been given? I think um, it would be to outsource my weaknesses. Ooh, Mm.
0: I'm learning this as a business owner myself at the moment.
1: Yeah, I love that. Mm.
0: That is very good advice. Okay, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I was actually thinking about this the other day. I always wanted to be a choreographer and I had this moment the other day. I was like, yeah, that's what I do. Like I'm not a, a big Broadway choreographer or anything like that, but I do create routines and I've done that for many, many years. So well, you're kidding. So, yeah. so dancing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: And and, so, and obviously in your what, spare time, fun time, hobby?
1: No, I mean as part of my work, I teach movement and I quite literally create routines um for people to to dance. And so I used to do that in my bedroom as a kid and put on shows and now I kind of did the same thing.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Okay. We're going to get, we'll circle back to that because I obviously want to hear all about <laughs> that. Uh, and what, last question, and then we're going to dive in. What is your superpower?
1: My superpower, oh, I think sensuality is my superpower. Yeah, one to have (laughs) a very beautiful one to
0: have. All right, so let's start there. Superpower of sensuality. I am so excited for this conversation. I think I love. So we ask all of our guests um, what's the one thing that you are most proud of, and I loved your response. I sometimes guests remember. Can you remember what you said?
1: No, right now it's not coming to my mind. I was gonna say
0: no. I was gonna say don't worry. Most guests always forget. So you said. I can't even get it up. It was there. Oh, no. Uh, you said your ability to bring light to taboo subjects. You bloody love talking about the things that most people only think about. Mm. Now, our, our podcast is called Anything Goes. And the, these this was why we called it Anything Goes, because we wanted to find awesome humans like you that were willing to have interesting conversations You know, sometimes about mainstream things, but often about things that people do think about, but and they don't necessarily want to talk about. So, how did you get into this line of work as a sensuality coach and sex educator?
1: So it actually started quite a few years ago um, when I purchased a pole dancing studio. So I ran a pole dancing studio in Melbourne for four years and I sold that I think three years ago now. And it was a complete one eighty. Prior to that, I had been working in community development, working overseas, studying, and then I just randomly it wasn't random to me, but it was to everybody else in my life. I bought a whole studio, and through that work, I worked with so many women who were discovering the power of sensual movement, and it was having a huge impact on their like their confidence and how they felt about themselves. And because of my experience teaching pole, I then had the idea to create a movement practice of my own, which kind of combined more of a spiritual element, um, the internal introspection of yoga, and then also the external like sexiness of pole floor work. And so I created that practice, sold my studio, and then, yeah, I became a sensuality coach. I studied life coaching and then naturally decided my niche would be sensuality because I would not shut up about it. Yeah. <laughs> and people kept message, asking. Right?
0: That's what I always say. Yeah. You like have to, we're very particular about who we bring onto the podcast. Like I, I need to know that you embody the message that you're actually going to talk about. And when I had a, like, so yeah, I had a good stalk of, of you before I, you know, said to Bonnie, yeah, send it off. I, I want her on. Mm-hmm. and yeah i was like you are the embodiment of your message and i i feel that from you but what i love and this is where i kind of want to take this now is that i feel like myself included right we in 2020 and beyond where women can be do and have it all which we do be and do have it all mm-hmm we can be very much in our masculine. We earn monies, we have businesses, we're badasses, you know, we wear all these hats now. So how, what is like step number one that you would give a beginner in teaching her how to step more into her feminine because I think that's where and correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like to go from look I'm really struggling I'm not in touch with my sensuality or my pleasure you know to be like hey go do rah rah rah, rah is too much for some women so where would you start a woman at step number one?
1: Oh well, yeah I think it's definitely recognizing that the the list of do x y and z that is an inherently masculine construct. And this is what can be really confusing when we're thinking of femininity and embodiment. We want these lists and we want to check it off and be like, oh, okay, cool, now I've done X, Y, and Z. Am I feminine? Um, but that's not necessarily what it's about. Um, so it's it's reframing that. But then, yes, there are plenty of practices that you can do. My number one is movement. Mm-hmm. And when I say movement, I mean circular rounded fluid flowing movement not going for a run or doing yoga poses that are very linear and um, rigid they're masculine in nature do things that allow you to flow that allow you to use your intuition that move your whole body instead of just that really really rigid movement that's that's honestly the best way to get out of your head and into your body so so dancing
0: yeah I'm watching dance. you right I, I obviously we're recording this so you're li- everyone's listening to this but as Eleanor just said those words she was dancing so you were moving you were rolling you were mm-hmm. moving your body in a really beautiful in a sensual way so is is that what you're saying like put on yeah. some beautiful music and move
1: absolutely it's the best way um And in my movement practice that I teach, it is all about getting out of your head, getting into your body and giving yourself permission, especially as people who identify as women to take up space. You know, Mm -hmm. we have for most of our lives been told to keep small, to keep quiet, to um, be seen and not heard. And so we naturally will shrink ourselves. Like think of people on trains, you know, like man spreading, and then we're crossing our legs, kind of trying not to take up too much space because we want to be quote unquote polite take up space, like use your whole body, um, make it fluid, make it flowing and yeah, play some really sexy music as well. It, it adds to the vibe. <laughs> I love that.
0: I love that so much. Okay. So I have, yes. So by the way, one of my favorite things that I always say to women, just to remind them on the end of emails on my Instagram is that you deserve to take space up in this world. So yes. Uh, and they, I mean, that's our inherent birthright to be here and be here all of ourselves. So I love that so much. Mm -hmm. So a big part, like this is, I want to go right here. So you are a sex educator. So sensuality, obviously, yes, movement and and helping women to step into that. But as a sex educator, what do you feel is the number one, I don't want to say problem, but what's the number one thing that women come to you for or or it is the problem, the problem that they say, look, this is where I'm really struggling in my relationship, either with um, their partner or themselves sexually.
1: I mean, I think a really common one is just struggling to orgasm. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot, there's a lot of people out there who think that they just aren't capable of orgasming oh. or, um, that it's just not possible for them. Then the body isn't built that way. And honestly, I think that that's just a lot of conditioning. We are conditioned to think that, um, women, those who identify as female don't enjoy sex as much as men, which is just, it's false. It's entirely false. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so it's just, it's, it's re reprogramming ourselves to recognize that. Yeah, we do. Like you said, we deserve to take up space. We deserve to feel pleasure as well. Mm-hmm. And orgasms are absolutely possible, but there's a bit of shedding that we need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes.
0: And so, yes. So I love this conversation so much. I, yeah, your superpower is sensuality, but I love how you said you'll talk about the taboo. And so go there. Like, so, cause this is, I hear this. I mean, I work with women all day and I'm health and wellness, but they become my best friends, right? We talk about poo, periods, sex, no sex, problems with sex, all the things. So what is it? that's blocking or stopping us as women in 2020, this is my big thing, with all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom and all of the access to education, what's blocking and stopping us from understanding that we're allowed to feel good, you know, sexually, we're allowed to express ourselves and seek that orgasm, we're allowed to, like, what's the block
1: there? I mean, it, it's a it's a big concept but it is definitely patriarchy. (laughs) Mm. Um, We are so conditioned and essentially like marinating in the patriarchy since we're born that our pleasure is never prioritized. We don't see examples, we don't see representation of women being praised or celebrated for being their whole selves for prioritizing their pleasure, for putting their sexuality um, even anywhere on the, on the list of priorities, let alone near the top. And so it's definitely a huge lack of representation. We aren't, we aren't encouraged. We're actively discouraged, actually, from exploring our sexuality, from expressing our sexuality. You know, we're told that, oh, you're slutty if you're dressing like that. We're told you're too much if you're wearing this. All of these things contribute to us feeling like, oh, I don't deserve pleasure. And so I won't allow myself to f- experience an orgasm. Because for us, orgasms are a lot to do with our mental state. Mm-hmm. If we're not feeling like we deserve it and we're safe, especially safety is a huge one. Mm-hmm. We don't feel safe to open up and release and surrender to that orgasmic bliss. We won't, we won't go there. Our body won't cooperate.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love this. And I, I have to say, I remember when I was younger and sexually active, I never understood this concept that if a woman wanted to explore her sexuality, you're a slut. Mm-hmm. But if a guy did it, he was the man. And I just yeah. never understood that concept. I was always like, why why are women slut-shamed and men are the like? And so if anyone's mm-hmm. listening and they're like, I don't know if I agree with that absolutely the patriarchy. So if, if you're like, I've heard this patriarchy and I don't understand it's that to me, it's that on the most basic level. If a guy's sleeping around, it's like, yeah, high five, like you're the man. Fuck yeah. But if a girl's doing it, it's like, oh my God, what a slut. And I think we perpetrate that as women, probably the worst. It's like, oh my God, did you know Shit, you know, rah, 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 look at what she's doing. I'm like, fuck yes, yeah, sister, go have fun, get that pleasure, go live your best life.
1: Yeah, it's it's internalized misogyny is what it is, and it's so common. I I, I would I would even go as far as to say that every single um, person who identifies as female has internalized misogyny. I still have it. I actively work on it, but I'm certain that it's still deep inside me.
0: Explain this concept. So, what is sure. internalized misogyny?
1: So. I mean, misogyny is essentially the belief that men are better than women, right? And so when we internalize this, just like we can internalize racism, we can internalize homophobia, transphobia, all these awful things, right? We can internalize misogyny. And that comes out in us women judging other women Mm. for doing things that we think are okay by men's standards. Mm. And a lot of people will even say like, oh yeah, but that's okay for guys to do. But no, a woman shouldn't do it, mm-hmm. and so it's that judging. It's it's the bitchiness where we compare ourselves to women. Um, it's it's all it's all the judgment. It's us really not seeing that women are whole and complete and equal with men. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, a lot of us still do, we do have this belief because of the society that we grow up in, that we aren't as good as men and that men are the be all and end all. And we don't want to admit that. Like, I don't want to admit that. I don't think that at all. I think women are fabulous. Mm -hmm. But some of my thoughts, sometimes some of my behavior, especially in the past, it sends a very different message and we're all guilty of it. We've all gone and said, oh gosh apparently, like in high school, you know, oh, apparently that girl had sex with two guys on the weekend or whatever. What a slut. Mm -hmm.
0: And that, meanwhile, that guy's had sex with five women.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's not even about the numbers. It's just about like, oh, you're exploring your pleasure. You're exploring Mm -hmm. your sexuality. That's fine. We should all be allowed to do that. And because we aren't actually encouraged to explore that is what leads to so many people now saying, oh, I don't know how to have an orgasm or I can never get there and feeling ashamed of their quote-unquote inadequacy Mm -hmm. in their sexual pleasure because they haven't given themselves permission in the past to explore it or the present.
0: Yes, all of the yes. And so I just keep thinking about the woman that's listening to this now already. I'm like, she's listening to this and she's like, that's me right now. Like I I can reach an orgasm or sometimes, and she might be single. She might be in a, in a long-term marriage. She might be in a short-term relationship. What, how do we help her? How how can, what would you tell her to begin the work so she can find that orgasm? She can begin to experience that pleasure. I know it's such a big question and you can, you can deconstruct that however you need to, but help her?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Such a good question. Um, In my work, it all starts with you. So Mm -hmm. I start from the internal and then we work from the external. So it starts with you and your mindset and how you feel about your body, your pleasure, about sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so I often actually get my clients to journal and reflect on what internalized misogyny might they have going on? What beliefs do they have about women who have lots of orgasms, who talk about sex openly, what judgments do they have? Um, what beliefs do they have about, oh, I can't orgasm, I can't get there, I can't do this, um, and then self-pleasure. Ah, oh, so many people don't prioritize self-pleasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember in high school, um, boys talking on the bus openly about masturbation, mm-hmm. and it was just like a thing, it was like whatever, they just talk about it like it's as common as eating your breakfast, which it should be, right? Yep. But for a woman to mention that they would ever touch themselves, it's so taboo. But
0: well, Carrie, because I'm just tapping into this, I feel like I'm like putting myself on that bus and I'm, I've experienced the same forever. And I think, but and why Why do you think, because this is your area of work, I feel like even talking about masturbation and self-pleasure as a woman carries shame it's embarrassment yep. and shame why where oh. has it come from
1: <laughs> well, it's it's come from this idea that sex is dirty mm-hmm. um but it's also a power thing right because you, you listen to the language used when when men particularly talk about sex like oh, i gave it to her i i took it i um like I, I tapped that, I hit it, um, I, I smashed it, like things like this, right? We mm-hmm. use quite aggressive language and it's this power dynamic of ownership, um, whereas when you think of um, women, like we, we say we like lost our virginity, um, we like it, it, it's much more um, language that is, is about taking away, you're not adding to your pleasure, And so there's definitely a lot to do with language, Mm. Um, but the reason that we feel so much shame around talking about masturbation, I think is because inherently we're afraid of how powerful women are and can be. And especially when it comes to sex, when if we learn our own bodies and how to pleasure ourselves, men become kind of irrelevant. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not saying this, like they're not needed at all. Like, absolutely. But when we take it into our own hands, it's like that. It's just one other shred of like, oh yeah, I know that I am independent. I am sovereign. I can do this for myself. Same goes for making our own money. Starting our own businesses, doing these things for ourselves—that in the past has been kind of given over to other people—I um, just think it's a—it's all altogether a very misogynist kind of view that we feel ashamed and dirty to talk about masturbation. It's not ladylike, apparently. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's not. It's not. Um, yeah, it's not ladylike to to masturbate, um, to talk about masturbating, but it's so important. And it's one of the best things that you can do for your health and pleasure. (laughs) 100%. I
0: always say to my girlfriends, if they have a really bad headache, I'm like, go and masturbate, like go, like have a panadol, don't be a hero. But, but (laughs) before you do that, just masturbate and see if you can't release some of that insane pressure and tension in your body and head. That can come from pleasure, 100%. And typically they're like, it
1: worked. Surprise, surprise. Absolutely. How amazing is that? Everybody's so smart.
0: <laughs> I know. No, but and I, I'll like I always said to Morgz, I mean, this is Anything Goes. This is um, open book. But I absolutely can say, and if this serves any married women essentially in very long-term relationships, I would honestly say that one of the main questions that Morgz and I get when we say, okay, we're going to do, you know, a and a or about our relationship. We, I've been with Morgan for, we've been sexually together for 15 years officially together for 13 years, married for six and have a beautiful sex life. Uh, But we get asked it a lot, like how how do you keep it fresh when it's been that long? And I genuinely think that it deepened and got better when I got more in touch with my own sensuality and my sexuality and I learned how what pleasure felt like for me and looked like for me and then almost taught him, like no, 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 it's not... (laughs) That's not yeah. it, not right there, darling. It's here, you know? So, mm-hmm. teaching them so it actually isn't a chore for me because that's such a big thing in long term marriages. And it's been 15 years now. I know I'm only 32, but I feel like I can wear this hat and say, no, it's been a very long term relationship to still want my husband and, and love sex and be, and, you know, have it often. Yeah. I'm so proud of that because I'm like, well, that's. I think that. I mean, that is not what makes our marriage. I think humor and respect and integrity and all the things, but sex is the difference between having a best mate and a housemate, yes. and a husband or wife, or whatever you know. You your experience. Yeah. But I'm like, that's the difference. You have. I mean, that is key to it all. It is. But but yeah, I would, sex it is so with, important. Yeah. But, but this is the thing. Okay. So let's go there. So yay for me, right? Yay for us. But if a woman is struggling, which so many are with mm-hmm. that intimacy and sex, I was gonna say love, but it's not love, it's sex in their marriage. How can we help them? What can we, where, where, I mean, I know it, it's all okay. It's like, okay, we'll start to pleasure yourself more, learn what that looks like. But yeah if they do genuinely, you know, adore their husband or wife, um, but it's just the missing piece, how can we help them?
1: Yeah, gosh. Um, So, yeah, definitely start with self-pleasure, understanding your own body first because you can't ever expect someone else to please you if you have no idea how to please yourself. Like definitely there's ways that other people can do it that you can't do for yourself, but you do need to understand your own body just like you said. Um, but then it really, really comes down to communication, um, having clear, open communication with your partner about what you do like, what you don't like, what you'd like to try, why this is a priority for you. Um, I really think that sex is a hugely important part of a relationship. Like you said, it's you kind of glorified housemates. And, um, I mean, I don't want to place anything on a pedestal and like one is, um, of a higher realm than the other, but sex is incredibly important. It's incredibly connective. It's the most connected thing you can do with a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that open communication and trying new things, I actually, um, it's over here. Let me see if I can get it. Um, <laughs> I actually um, have a friend who created a card game called sex talk and it's 69 questions, of course, um, on cards, uh, which is designed for you to start from like first to the last, um, to open up questions about like, what do you like? What don't you like? And, you know, explore so that you can have the conversation about sex because if you can't talk about sex, you're not going to be able to have really good sex. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and this is, I think
0: this is what I want to change. I'm passionate about this. So a lot of most, if not all my girlfriends come to me for these chats, because I'm the gal that, that does love to have sex with my husband and often, and and we are, you know, in that loving relationship, but I always think It is that it, there's no awkwardness, but I think what happens, so I can speak from that hat of, you know, 15 years. I know fundamentally when there's a glitch or a, it is a glitch, like a kink in, in this in the sex in our marriage or it is that, right. Mm -hmm. It is a communication breakdown. And then this is the big thing. I honestly think it becomes awkward. There's an awkward space. There's an awkwardness. It's like, Oh, we haven't done it in a while. And like this, there's this like energy in the air and it's, it it is. And it's the funniest thing to me. It hasn't happened in so long, but I remember pinpointing this as a glitch probably now a couple of years ago, but Mm -hmm. I was like, I know this man so intimately inside out, back to front, upside down. If there's one person I am the least awkward around, it's him. And yet here we are. And I'm like, I know I'm not the only one. And so I think just to speak to that card game, that Mm. would be so powerful for couples. And even if you've got no money or, you know, you don't know, we'll put that in the show notes, um, sex talk card game. Um, Just sit down and be honest and be like, I'm feeling really awkward, but I don't want to feel awkward anymore. Can we talk about this? Like there's this big awkward sex elephant in the room. Can we just feed it and let it go?
1: And also recognizing, um, like allowing yourself to let your ego go, because I know that a lot of people, especially a lot of my clients who are women, come to me and say, you know, my partner just doesn't want to talk to me about sex. Um, And a lot of the time, the partners are male partners who just, they feel uncomfortable. They feel like they're being attacked. Their ego just gets in the way of discussing having a better sex life, trying different things. And so if you're listening, let your ego out of the way and just, you know, center the purpose. You want to connect better. You know, you want to have more pleasure and you deserve to have more pleasure. Sometimes you just got to go through this awkward conversation and it might feel really strange, especially if you've never done it before. Um, It can feel really weird. A lot of people just don't talk about they just have it and mm. then they go oh that wasn't very good or and, they, and then they go and bitch to their friends about how it wasn't that great and like if only they knew what they were doing but you didn't speak up in the first place
0: yeah exactly <laughs>
1: so you've got to kind of take ownership a little bit and be like oh maybe it's partly on me because I didn't direct
0: the traffic, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. No, I love this, okay. And so, here's my my shtick of the sex orgasm world, and this is why I was excited to give this a voice myself. Um, I feel like there's two ends of the spectrum, and this is again why I was really drawn to you and liked Like, I was like, yes, I want to have a conversation with you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's two ends of this spectrum, there is the couples and or the sex educators say that a super tantra and will have you lay on a mattress next to another couple and have you finger yourself which Uh is just so wild even to me which total respect love it all like people that will be listening in the car will be like i'm gonna put a warning at the front do not (laughs) listen to kids or your mother hi mom mom listens to all or there's just the quiet, you know, or there's you. I feel like you're, like, you've got a really beautiful energy in this space, but people might not necessarily be able to find someone like you, right? But I'm like, that's that has always been Morgan's put off as well. Like, he's like, awesome, I'm super open to, like, going on anything that would make it better. Like, let's let's always up and up and up the relationship. But then you look at, like, the space and it's like, it in my opinion, right, it's very, like, one end or the other it's like I fuck my husband you know 17 times today and just yeah I'm gonna lay on a rug and you know with seven other couples and or like go to pleasure circles and all these things or the other end how can we bridge this gap
1: oh my gosh I'm so happy that you mentioned this because this is (laughs) when I explain my work um because I I do have a lot of connections with like the tundra communities and people who are in that space um and it's, it's an area that I've dabbled in, but I feel like my, my position and where I come in is to be that bridge. Yes, you don't have definitely. to want to get there. You don't want to, you don't need to, um, have your goal to get to a point where you're orgasming for 10 hours straight. Um, sitting on yeah, a orgasm. right, like, I heard the other day I'm <laughs> orgasmed without him touching me. I was like, but you touched yourself. No, no. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. She orgasms. It's totally a thing. Like yeah, I've heard it. it. I totally understand it. But I also want to speak to the everyday person yes. that is just like, I've only had what we might call vanilla sex, and maybe it's been kind of good, but I want it to be better. I want it to be more connected. Like that's the person that I want to speak to. And sure, I can share with you if you want to learn more about some tantric, um, elements, but I'm not going to take you super, super deep. You can go on that journey, but mm-hmm. I'm here to be the bridge. And so there's definitely a spectrum when we're thinking, like in the sexuality space, there's a lot of people who are in the more shamanic, um, sacred sexuality um, kind of vibe. And that's beautiful. Go yeah. for it. And it's the same thing with any kind of spirituality. You can go really deep and hard and be like a, a full-on monk. Like go, off you go, shave your head, wear the robes, sword. Like all power to you. That's awesome. But I also, I really just like being grounded in this world. And my view is that, yeah, we can go and reach those higher states, but I'm an earth sign. I'm a Taurus through and through. I'm, I'm here. We exist here. And I don't want to forget about this space we have, like, this body for pleasure and we can really explore that. Um, and we can just kind of be regular humans in the what I would call the real world, I guess. No, what is that? But. <laughs> well, I always say
0: I'm like I'm such a woo. I'm the dreamer. Morgan's the realist. He's a Taurus as well. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always say have your feet in the cloud. No, have your head in the clouds with feet on the ground always. Be, yeah. We exist to have a human experience. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I wanted to say that because... I wanted to bring it up because I think often as well sometimes women won't enter into this space or won't have this conversation or it is taboo because that is what they think of and they think then if they can't go and lay next seven naked couples and finger each other, like then they're broken it's like well I'm mm-hmm. never going to reach that level of of pleasure or, and it's that's just not true you can have a healthy functioning normal beautiful relationship with your partner and yourself fundamentally Mm -hmm. and and it be amazing and not have to reach for that And, and like you said of course like anything you can go there if that's where the journey takes you but no I love so I just want to honor you and I think it's an important conversation to have.
1: Mm, yeah. Just like you said, you know, there's, there's definitely a spectrum for everything. You can go full onto that, like light spiritual side. You can also go down the track of BDSM and full kink. Yeah. Um, just like humans, like sexuality is a spectrum and there's so much to to play in there. And I think that a lot of people, like you said, we get held back because we think oh, I need to suddenly be able to have full body energy orgasms. Or I think a lot of people are like, oh, but if I express an interest in sex, or I share that I like sex, people will suddenly think that I'm into really, really kinky stuff. And I have judgments on that, you know? And so it's just about, okay, where are we placing these judgments and what is true for us? What feels good for us? Because you might just go like, just like one degree further on the sexuality spectrum and your mind is blown and you have the best sex ever. Awesome. Awesome. I'm not here to gatekeep pleasure. I'm not going to say you're only allowed to use these pleasure tools or you're only allowed to do this and no more clitoral orgasms and this and that that get thrown around in the industry. I'm not gatekeeping your pleasure. I want you to have more pleasure. And however you get that, like, awesome, let's explore. How about it?
0: Okay, you said something there though. So, and I want to, so you're like, I'm not going to gatekeep Keep, I love that, your pleasure. I'm like, yes, uh, don't get keep my pleasure. So if a couple, do you work with couples or do you work with more one-on-one, woman to
1: woman? I predominantly uh, work one-on-one, yeah. So woman to woman? Yeah. Yeah. Generally Beautiful.
0: women. Okay. So say I'm, so let's, let's pretend I'm then coming, well, not pretend I'm coming to you and I'm like, Hey girlfriend. Okay. I want help. I want to reach even if, cause this is, this is my spectrum, right? I think you said spectrum. I always think mm-hmm. even if, so you, if you're currently in a relationship with, you know, low to no sex or and no pleasure and no self-pleasure and it's just, it's re- a strain in the relationship let's, let's, I want you to think of her. And then I want you to think of someone married that even like me, like that wants to even take it better. What would it look like? And don't, you don't need to give it all away, but like, what are some things if a woman comes to you? So she knows, right. We're having this conversation. A woman might go, Oh my God, this is the very conversation I was waiting to for, for Anna to have. Um, I need more of this. What would it look like if someone was coming to you to say help?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Of course, every single person is different. It's always going to be bespoke. But the first thing um, would be just like Mm -hmm. self-practice, really exploring what I actually do and don't like, Um, opening up the realms of pleasure, trying things that you may have not tried before, especially things that you may have felt are a bit taboo, uncovering why that might be. Um, So, yeah, if you're single, definitely self-pleasure. If you're in a partnership, definitely (laughs) (laughs) self-pleasure. But there's also things that you can do in a partnership uh, like sex talk, like other, um, you know, quizzes and discussions to open up what types of things you would like to try. Um, It's definitely about embodiment Um, for everybody, regardless of single partnered, um, for you to feel more pleasure, you need to be embodied. You need to be able to understand how pleasure feels in your body, to get out of your head, into your body and in touch with your senses.
0: Beautiful. So I just want to, because I love, I always wrap things in a bow. I Mm. just think, so when you say embody and you went on to explain that, but I just want to reiterate. So when you say for a woman to take it, whatever level, right, to the next level, to the better level, to the 1% level, it's embodiment. And embodiment in Europe is is that, like, pleasure yourself, understand yeah. your body, get in touch with your body, even to the point you're saying, like, figure out how you orgasm. Like, what makes you orgasm? Is that
1: correct? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's about... Because so embodiment, we can look at sexual embodiment and we can look at sensual embodiment. Mm -hmm. And these things are going to be different but also very intertwined. You can be embodied sensually, connected to the senses every single day. Mm -hmm. Like right now I could be just take this time to be aware of how this surface feels, how that cushion feels over there, the sense in the air Um, how my body feels, the taste of some chocolate. You can tune into your senses and experience pleasure in every single moment of every single day, completely void of sexuality. Sensuality can be completely separate. But the good thing is when you are tuned into your senses and you're tapped in, in Mm -hmm. every moment, when it comes to sex everything is heightened. Mm-hmm. You can then tune into those subtle re- like waves of pleasure that you might have missed before because you were looking for just the big, powerful, punchy orgasms, mm-hmm. um, that because you were up in your head. So tapping into your sensuality, into your senses will heighten every experience, especially your sexual experiences.
0: Yeah. I love that, and I know when I really started to do this, I remember thinking, "Oh my god!" It was for me. It was when I started to clear my head and focus on where feels really good right now. There it is, and
1: mm-hmm. then
0: really zoning in on that so, with mold, right? So it's like, oh, yeah. okay. and and but I think it, but it was. It was when I started to figure that out for myself, mm-hmm. and then could help him and tune in with him and. Make it even better than together, essentially. Because I think if we could, this is where I want to stop normalizing. I think I'm 32 now. Like, I think in our age group, I would hope in our age group this is stopped. But women faking orgasms, like, we don't need, we should never, ever fake an orgasm ever again. <laughs> because oh, if you think about that, men don't. Oh my God, imagine. I've I've never experienced that, okay? So maybe they do, but I've never experienced a man faking an orgasm. Um, But, yeah, so this is what I'd love. I'd love for women to just know that they get to have powerful, pleasurable experiences in all ways.
1: Absolutely. And faking orgasms definitely comes into this idea of whether we're prioritising pleasure or a performance, So often we're having performative sex as opposed to pleasure-filled embodied sex. And this is where we try to emulate what we think the other partner wants Mm -hmm. and what we think is what sex looks like because we have watched porn or movies and we think, oh, it has to look like this. When I orgasm, it looks like that. And because we have that ingrained in us, we we might start faking it. We we aren't tapped into our pleasure. We don't understand what feels really good. We have seen that, oh, apparently it's just pump, 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 pump. Oh, and we're done. Right. And I have to give this performance um and an orgasm sounds like this. And so I'll do that because that's what's expected. And especially because so often we see in porn and in movies that everybody comes at the same time, which is just not always the case. Um, and so there's this expectation that we grow up with thinking, oh, well, I guess I, I meant you now, but we aren't tuned into our bodies. We don't understand that we haven't, we're not there yet, we're not ready. And so we fake it. And so I, I understand why a lot of people have and do but we're doing ourselves a disservice and we're putting someone else's pleasure before ours. And I I think that of course you can prioritize other people's pleasure um, in moments, but if you're never prioritizing yours, that's where it ends up just simply being a performance. It's like, why are you having sex? If you're just performing, Mm -hmm. the purpose of sex is pleasure and connection. Don't do it if you're going to exhaust yourself performing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I, but I think, and this is the, this is the missing piece for me in terms of if I look at sex and I'm always going to represent, I'm going to wear the hat and die on the heel of, you know, long-term happy marriages, whoever you're with, man, male to male, female to female, heterosexual. Yeah. Like mine, Mm -hmm. male to female. Um, Yeah. Is that 15 years in, 20 years in, 40 years in, you want to have sex with your partner. You, you need to have sex with your partner. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And we should want, that's the big thing, right? We, we want to feel good through sex. And I think th- what you just said, that's the missing piece of it. It is such performance sex that it's, you know, it's a chore for a lot of women, like men want it and need it. And it feels good every time. Like it feels great for them. But for a lot of us women, it's like, oh, I can't be bothered. I have a headache, right? Morgz's excuse today. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, oh, I'm too tired, which often, of course, women are like, they're all legitimate excuses or reasons, I should say not excuses. But I think if you genuinely loved sex because with your loving partner or with yourself or with whomever you want it because you know that you're placing your pleasure as a priority so that's it's not a performance and it's not a chore it's like well I'm about to feel good for two minutes no for a a couple of (laughs) minutes 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever, and I'm excited for that feeling. It's not like, oh, fuck, yeah, oh, here we go, yeah, well, is it done yet? You know, like it's because it, because that is the performance sex. It's like they're going to get their end away and then it's all going to be done. It's like, well, no, what if, what if as a woman you could place your pleasure as the priority in that interaction and feel phenomenal during and after?
1: Yeah. And it's about allowing yourself the time as well, because so often we're just looking for this quick release. And especially if you're in a heterosexual relationship and male sex is definitely seen as culminating in and finishing with an ejaculation, right? And that can happen very, very fast. The arousal um, is quite instantaneous. It's Just like, oh, yeah, I I see something or I think of something and boom, I'm ready. Yeah. Whereas for a lot of women, we don't have that spontaneous. It's called spontaneous arousal. Um, I think it's something like 75. I might be quoting this wrong, but 75 percent of women um, uh, have a responsive desire, responsive Mm -hmm. desire as opposed to spontaneous desire. And that is where we have to be in a situation where something triggers us to start feeling like we want sex we might not just think oh yeah I should go and have sex um, at any moment there needs to be some kind of stimulus that we can respond to so maybe it's touch maybe it's an erotic movie maybe it's something that inspires us to start feeling turned on whereas more men and this is I'm gendering this a lot. It's not all entirely gendered. Um, but the sake of, for the sake of clarity, I'm using this. Yeah, no, um I love it. a lot of men will have a spontaneous desire where they might just be doing something completely irrelevant of sex and just be like, "Oh, I'm turned on. Don't know why I'm Borgsy, turned on, but I am."
0: Moxie could be doing algebra and I'd be like, right. "Sex." And he immediately Ready? Okay. I'm like, okay. "No, no, you need to write me a book. Yes. rub my, bath, rub my yes. back, whisper sweet nothings, make out with me for an hour, then maybe I'll be good. Like its hundred percent. I love these. but yes. let's not, yes. okay. So I didn't even know this. I didn't, I mean, I know this because I understand myself and I'm like, I just am, I can't just go when you're ready to go. Cause I'm not ready to go. And then that is performance sex. It's like, well, let's come on then. Right. And yes. that's, I mean, Hey, That's okay sometimes too, right? If we're like, I think for me anyway, I'm like, you know, I'm happy to please my husband just sometimes it's just about him too. Um, But I love this. I did not know even scientifically realistically that they they have that spontaneous response and we are, what was it?
1: um so there's the spontaneous desire and there's responsive desire responsive desire yeah and so you you might be predominantly one or the other you might wax and wane Um, especially for us uh, menstruators certain times of our cycle when we're ovulating we're probably going to be a lot more spontaneous and just want it because our body is like make a baby now make a baby now um whereas when we're menstruating we might be a bit more um responsive when it might take us a while to be like actually yeah yeah because we're responding to some kind of sexual behavior and so this is the most important thing that I think people need to understand, regardless of your gender, we need to understand about ourselves and about other people that we're with, that, yeah, it might not just be immediate. I need sex and I'm ready. And there's, there's something called arousal non-concordance, which is where our body physically doesn't respond, even though we might be um, mentally turned on. Wow. And so this is where we might think, yeah, I'm really, really horny. I'm ready for sex. I want to go. But we might not be super wet. And that's why lube is fabulous. Please use lube. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with using lube. It's awesome. Absolutely. And, and vice versa. We might feel like, yeah, I'm super wet. I, I, my body feels ready. I might, like, my physical body might want and crave sex, but I'm in my head and I'm not feeling it. I'm not going to let myself orgasm. Yeah. Oh. It's a really common thing that... I think everybody should understand that we have these different types. We are different and there's nothing wrong with you if you don't get turned on immediately when someone says the word sex. Yes. The problem is that we are conditioned to think that is what arousal looks like. Oh, you say sex. You want sex. I touch you right on the goods immediately. You should be ready to go. And then pump, 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 and we're done. You should, have you come yet? No, no I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I give me at and least no. half an hour. Yeah,
0: exactly. I love it. This, this is so important. This is such an important conversation. What you just explained. I don't know statistics and I'm going to be cocky, but I would say it's probably mm. 95% of a normal marriage or long-term relationship. Let's say long-term relationship. It's that. It's like the dude's ready, I am gender in here. The dude's ready. And then he'll come over like, hey, honey, grab your boobs, grab your bum because he's responsive. No, he's yep. spontaneous. spontaneous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it's like, how are you not turned on? My dick is hard. Like how is this not good for you, right? And then it's like, oh, I'm tired or I have a headache because you're like, I can't be bothered with the pump, pump, pump. Like... and and then so then we're and then women we are put off sex or it's not fun for us or we think something's wrong with us like honestly the amount of times how many times ladies if you're listening is it like you're always curious and you need to know like how many times a week are you guys doing it like how many times a week are you oh god we we haven't had sex in two weeks it's like we're always curious to know because we think something's wrong with us and our marriage is bad or our relationship is bad if we're not but it's like No, you just have to tune into what, like, what, what turned you on? How do you get turned on? What's, what feels good for you? I think that what you just said is, could change most people's marriages.
1: I honestly think so too. It's about just time, take your time. Um, And this is the, the thing that a lot of men particularly could really, really do to understand you need to take your time. I actually did. Um, I did a podcast episode on, on my podcast recently called dear men, um, top six things women wish you knew about sex. And I did a poll on my Instagram and I asked people, what do you wish men knew? The number one, slow the fuck down. (laughs) Yes. Let's put a clap in between that.
0: Oh, the so, there we go.
1: Exactly. And it's honestly the, the biggest game changer for when, if anybody out there listening can understand, it takes us vulva owners 20 to 40 minutes to be physically and mentally ready to receive. Wow. Say you that got to take your time. Get it. 20 to 40 minutes before... We are ready to receive. So you've got to take your time. You've got to work from the outside in. Don't go straight for the goods. That's not going to work. Our bodies take time to lubricate, to soften, to be ready. And our minds do too. So you've got to seduce us. You've got to romance us, arouse us, take it from the outside in. I always say start with eye contact, conversation that's the first step then you can start with touch but don't touch the goods straight away touch like 100%. the arm touch hold the hands get closer then you start going to kissing the more erogenous zones lips neck into the breast then down towards the thighs and actually towards the vulva Spend plenty of time around the vulva before you go inside. Yes. The because 100%. there's a no big difference. Yes. <laughs> so you've got to take your time. Otherwise, it's, your, your body is just going to be like, nope. And it won't allow yourself. It won't allow you to feel pleasure. Your, your vagina is literally going to be like, mm-mm, no thanks. Yeah. You shall not pass. And yeah, that's um, if you're having penetrative sex.
0: And it, does that, that really, does that go back to this whole thing, which is an innate... Female desire and need safety. Yeah,
1: Yeah. absolutely. If we don't feel safe, if we don't feel like we can trust you, we are not going to allow ourselves to feel deep, deep pleasure. And when I say safety, that's on a number of levels. So that's us feeling like we're in a safe environment. Maybe we're not going to be caught unless that's a kink. If we're um, comfortable, If it's, you know, you've got clean sheets, you're not worried about like it being gross. If the lighting is nice, we feel safe and comfortable. Mm. And then do I feel safe with you that you're not going to hurt me physically or emotionally? Do I feel that I can trust you to honor my body and not judge it? Mm. Um, Do I feel like you can hold me? in this space where if I get really, really turned on and orgasmic, my inner like, you know, wild woman is going to come out and sh- she might be uncontrollable. She might make weird noises. And that even me using the term weird is not ideal, right? It's we're expressing, I want to feel safe to express my pleasure. But if I don't feel like I can trust you and that you can hold that energy, that space for me, I won't let myself get there. Same goes for self pleasure. Yes,
0: so much so. And I just want to honor, like, I, I again, I'm, I'm thinking of the woman sitting there, like, that's so far from mm. that level right now because they're thinking of their partner, thinking, get absolutely fucked. He's never, you know, like right <laughs> now, I'm so far mm. from that. All I kept thinking then was baby steps of communication, right? Is uh-huh. that like they, it, yeah. baby steps of communication. You might not be able to sit there right now and have this level of conversation. Like I need to feel safe with you. You know what, when when we have sex and it's, it might be my stuff, but that's just how I'm feeling. I don't feel safe that you're not going to judge me. And right, little things like that. I think, gosh, that could that could crack open and change a dynamic sexually in a marriage or a relationship. Yeah. Like that could change their life. But just yeah. ba- I just think baby steps. I think this is the problem again, where we think that we want the end result, right? We want okay, we want amazing things. We want to be you know vulnerable and and pleasured, and but it's so far away. But I just think yeah, and you go off with this, but I just think like baby steps in communication.
1: Absolutely, it's it's got to start somewhere, and communication is absolutely the key. And the problem is, I think sometimes people will see my work and they'll want just like a list of tips like It'd probably be me okay. to be fair like give, like, give yeah, it to. like me. well how do I do it give, give me like a, a, a template so like up down yeah. left right round and round and round and then system. we're done, right what's
0: your system Eleanor yeah <laughs>
1: like okay well I you know I've got a system I've got a methodology but it starts with looking at yourself and having a conversation people don't want to have conversations because it's super uncomfortable and it feels really vulnerable, but we'll put up with bad sex instead of having a conversation. And to that I say like, well, what's the priority here? A little bit of like discomfort for some epic pleasure or a lot of shitty sex. Like, you know, you've got to figure out what's the most important and why you're doing it. Um, and so I'm never going to say, okay, here's the technique to get this kind of orgasm. Mm-hmm. You go up, down, round, and round um, because every single human is different. And it also has so much, unfortunately, it has a lot to do with how we feel about ourselves and our body and our pleasure.
0: Yeah. So big. Okay. So last question, because I'm conscious of time, but I mean, again, I think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking what I think I'm going to do, what I want to do is like, obviously put this out get the feedback and then get morgues on and have this really fun conversation. And he can kind of ask questions that men are t- like, you know how you were like five things that men want to know. I think it's like, it's going to be a really fun dynamic, but, um, scheduling sex and this only came up, I just wrote it down then. Cause I was like, when you're talking about time, we're talking about safety, we're talking, you know, cause I just thought when you said not getting caught unless it's a kink. And I was like, often it's mums, Right. So they're ki- It's kids. Yeah. How do you feel about, because we don't do it, but I'm like, I'm all for Look, I don't know where I am on the spectrum, but mm. scheduling sex. So say even if a couple right now is, is on the end of the spectrum where sex has been performance, she hasn't, you know, orgasms through oral from him or her um, or penetrative. Penetri- I can't even say the word. Penetrative. 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 <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> um so either of those so say she's there but it's like well hang on everything you just said about if he just kissed like look me in the eye and then touch me and then kiss me and then you know touch my body mm. you spent time in that foreplay really right mm. scheduling
1: that yeah, good bad indifferent mm. yeah I I would actually flip it and say what about scheduling pleasure Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of pressure when we say let's schedule sex because we think, okay, this has to lead to sex. And sometimes we have a very, very narrow view of what sex is. I actually don't often like to use the term foreplay because it insinuates a very heteronormative um, view of penis and vagina equals sex. And like, oh, we did everything but sex. Like, well, no, you had sex, but you just did it in a different way that wasn't like the, the standard equation. Right. So how about scheduling time for pleasure, taking the goal of sex and multiple orgasms off the table and see where it goes. I've had um, clients of mine who have just said, okay, I'm going to set up beautiful space, music, lights, candles, it's a whole vibe. And we're just going to massage. We're just going to massage each other um, and just connect, do some eye contact, just spend time connecting and feeling pleasure and see what happens. See where it goes. I love this. Because if you're like, oh, we have to have sex. We've got this one hour. Um, that we have a gap between appointments where we can have sex. It's all of a sudden like, okay, cool. We have to enjoy it. We've got to quickly like get yes. this done. Yeah. Um, and, it, and you have to come. And if you don't come, then I've failed. And oh, it's all this whole thing. Take that off the table. Just allow yourself to feel pleasure.
0: Mm, I love this. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I always, I'm like, you know, what else is like, if, if a woman or man, but predominantly it is a woman going through healing from trauma of any kind as well and they're learning to find pleasure and learning to heal and trust again, then I think that is just a beautiful way to do it, that sex doesn't have to be the end goal but pleasure is and that, yeah. it, and that sometimes if there is that schedule and then she doesn't feel safe, well, then, you know, she's not going to say that, oh, maybe she does, like I don't feel safe, So this, but it's like how beautiful that you can schedule pleasure. What a gift. What a chance. I think I'm like, this is going in my diary. (laughs) (laughs) And as you were talking as well, I thought, oh, I know there's a woman right now already like with an immediate excuse when you like set up, um, you know, candles and rah, 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 or, you know, create massage. Honestly, if we can't prioritize that in our, if we can't or don't want to have excuses around prioritizing pleasure What's the fucking point of life then? Do you know? Like that's that's where I'm at now. I'm like, life is so short and and finite. It is, and I think that who knows what the purpose is, right? Everyone's got their own purpose, but I think this piece, this non-weird, let's change the taboo of it. But if if in loving relationships we can start to prioritize pleasure. I do think there would be less headaches, <laughs> excuse or otherwise, um, more love, more connection, deeper communication, and more fun and joy in life. And so I think it should be a priority. I think that, you know, investing some money in a babysitter if you can afford it, you know, or asking a parent just because you've got a date night or hour, whatever, but that the priority is pleasure. What a gift.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Always, always prioritize pleasure. That's that's my mantra.
0: Ah, oh, I'm adopting it. I love it.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well,
0: thank you, Eleanor, so much. You were just a delight. I know our listeners are going to freaking love this conversation because we all want it. We all need it. But exactly like you said, something you're most proud of is being able to have the conversations that most women are thinking about or people are thinking about, but not willing to have. So, Thank you for allowing your superpower to be such a gift to the
1: world. And I'm so excited to chat to you again soon. Thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure and I hope that it's a pleasure for your listeners, especially well, if they can take it Thanks so much for listening. And on. as always, we um, both hope I you got something out of like it that you can to use to challenge you your own status quo. Well.
0: All right. Bye, bye, everybody. If you liked what you heard, it would mean so much to us if you shared this episode on your socials to help us get our podcast out in the world. Don't forget to tag us as well so we can thank you personally. And if you're loving the conversations, leaving a review on iTunes, simply by going to the podcast, scrolling down and clicking leave review will help even more people find us too. And we would be so grateful. And until the next episode, we will always be cheering on your success.